from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. A new year doesn't just mean new calendars and branch lobbies. It's also a chance for credit union leadership to discover new opportunities and find ways to improve. I'm Jennifer Plager, Managing Editor with CUNA News. I recently spoke with David Murphy, president of 82 Million Asset Marshfield Medical Center Credit Union in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Murphy spoke about what he's keeping an eye on when planning for the future, his role as a leader, where he turns for inspiration, and more. David, can you talk a little bit about the elements of your credit union that make it prepared for the year ahead? Our credit union, just a little bit of background about us. We are a profession-based credit union. So we are open to healthcare employees throughout the entire state of Wisconsin. Being located in central Wisconsin and Marshfield primarily, the Marshfield Clinic Health System is our big player. They are a prevalent healthcare provider up here in central and northern Wisconsin. So that's where a lot of our membership comes from, but we are actively working on trying to expand that to other healthcare employees. So the good news when it comes to healthcare is that the need for healthcare is not going to go away. Unfortunately, bad things still happen to people from a health standpoint, just the normal routine stuff that's going to be there. And so that gives us encouragement that it's not like we are a credit union for like Kodak or some of the other industries who have gone away. It's like, we know that this is going to be strong going forward. And so that gives us optimism for the future. In today's time, of course, just with what everything that's going on in the environment, it's definitely given us some pause. Our board is primarily made up of healthcare employees in some fashion or another. So we, we hear a little bit of the, the inner workings from the organizational standpoint for healthcare providers. They are struggling just alongside the rest of us, you know, when it comes to staffing or, or the vaccination requirements or whatever the case is. And so that does give me a little pause for what is the next six months going to look like? What is the next 12 months going to look like? Being the first year that I'm sitting in the CEO role here at the credit union, Obviously, there's going to be challenges with, while I've been involved with the strategic planning, I never had the final say on it, which was okay. And so, you know, it was going to be a big enough challenge to just be like, okay, well, I need to make this what I want it to be. But now to try to address some of these other challenges that come along with it, it's definitely put a different spin on the normal, I guess, uh, routine behind budgeting and strategic planning and whatnot. But I think overall, our credit union is well positioned. We've Our staff here while we are a smaller credit union with only 12 employees collectively, um, I know when I did our annual meeting, I think we have over 160 years of experience just here at the credit union alone. And that doesn't take into account experience with other financial institutions or whatnot. So the good news is that we've got a staff who understand the industry, understand our membership. Being in a small town, we happen to know a lot of these people, or for some of our staff, we happen to be related to a lot of these people. So that's definitely been a benefit for us. I just think some of the challenges that we're facing, it's not unique to us. There's these challenges, you know, with any industry and with any credit union that's out there as well. When you sat down to work on your strategic plan for the upcoming year, what were some of the big things that were going through your head that, you know, you thought to yourself, these are really important and these are things I have to keep in mind as we're trying to plan for the future? To backtrack just a second, so we actually conducted our last strategic planning session February 29th, 2020. So we had done our strategic planning session and we came out of that and we were starting to figure out plans and whatnot. Then of course, pandemic hit. Threw that all a wrench into those plans, so to speak. And 
now that we've gotten through a lot of the issues that came up with that, part of it is, okay, well, let's take a step back and look at what we actually came up with that point in time to see, you know, there's still got to be some components of that that we can still implement. And there are, we focus heavily on technology and digital offerings and whatnot. So that's still relevant to today. But then there's also the aspect of, okay, so what has changed as a result of not only COVID, but just the fact that, you know, we're two years down the road. Are there strategies that we identified at that point that no longer make any sense? And I think, you know, we're not alone in this either, but when lobbies were closed and access to your quote unquote routine as far as coming in and just getting cash or whatnot, there's been an increase in digital offerings and doing stuff more remotely and whatnot. So one of the challenges that we do face when it comes to that standpoint is being in central Wisconsin, while Marshfield has good internet and data capabilities, once you get outside of town here, it's not as prevalent. And, and that's been a struggle for the northern Wisconsin area in general. So we take that into consideration. We can't just go full digital because we might isolate a lot of our membership in that sense. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of trying to retrofit the existing strategic plan while also then trying to identify new opportunities. And so when I sat down and reviewed what that strategic plan was a couple months back, I realized that for the most part, uh, a lot of that information that's in there is still things that we can improve on and work towards, you know, for the next couple of years. Um, and so I haven't really come up with like a catchy phrase for it or anything like that, but it's more instead of like the 2020 strategic plan, it's really just like 2020, you know, plus two or whatnot, because it's basically the same plan. We're going to start to work on implementing some of those ideas. And, you know, we'll see where we're at at the end of 2022 and see if it makes sense to now hold another planning session or if we still have identified things that we can still work on to, you know, improve and drive our credit union forward. As you're thinking about 2022, what are some of the topics and trends that have caught your attention? Obviously, I've mentioned digital and technology quite a bit already to this point, and and that's definitely still top of mind. I think the bigger picture items that aren't necessarily COVID-related, I think the emergence of cryptocurrency is something to keep an eye on. Personally, I haven't invested in crypto. I don't necessarily have any reason to, or I'm just not maybe comfortable with what that entails. But there are a lot of people out there who are, and a lot of people who are making a lot of money out of it. But there's also a lot of risk that comes with that. And I think just monitoring the progression of that scene and seeing you know, if there's going to be government regulation that oversees that ultimately and what that actually drives as far as what that market's going to look like going forward. I think that's one thing that I've identified. You know, I hate to keep bringing up like COVID-related stuff, but obviously the staffing situations. So as I addressed earlier, you know, we've got a staff with a lot of user experience, but the flip side of that is we also got staff who are getting up there in age and there's going to be considerations for retirement or whatnot in the next five to 10 years, let's just say. And so grooming that next generation of employees or just getting their foot in the door, that's going to be a huge thing that we've been taking a look at, like our benefits packages and whatnot. That's one thing that we've really honed in on and tried to make more attractive. And I know it's easy to say, well, it's because everyone else is doing that. You know, you, you walk down the street and everyone, fast food restaurants and whatnot are offering higher wages than they've ever offered. And while a little bit of that's true, I do think that just taking care of your employees in general goes such a long ways towards any organization's success. And so we've really put a high emphasis on 
reviewing those options, making sure that we are offering something that's not only competitive within our market, but then also just something that's actually good for our employees. So those are really the two areas I think that I've honed in on the most. I mean, then there's small tweaks here and there, but for the most part, I think that's been kind of taking the bulk of our attention. Is there anything out there that you've heard about that makes you go, whoa, stop, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit leery about where this could go or what this could mean? As I mentioned, I think the cryptocurrency thing, I think that could be. I don't necessarily even care that our members are investing in cryptocurrency. I think where I'm, I get taken back a little bit is you start to see some of these businesses who are now accepting cryptocurrency, or they're getting into it even a little bit more heavier than like maybe an individual would. And it's more the public pressure, per se, in that it's going to come in the not so distant future when someone says, I want to borrow for my first home. Okay, everything's good to go, dot, 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 but I want to make my payments in crypto. And it's going to be, well, as with a lot of things, well, we don't do that. Someone will do that. And then at some point, is that going to drive the market where now all of a sudden as, as banks and credit unions who haven't historically entered into those types of arenas, are we going to be forced to do that? Obviously, there's risk appetites for all that kind of stuff, but I think that's a big one, to be honest. And then monitoring what's going on with the hemp banking, I think is another thing. And the developments that are going on with the federal government, you know, on that sense, I don't see that that industry is going away either. And I don't have an issue with that, but it is hard to market to those individuals when there's really not a lot of guidance around that and, and the potential of, well, no, you can't actually do that. And then I just think in general, I think I'll probably get some flack for this, but realistically, the continuation or the pickup and merger activity, you know, in the last couple of years or the last year, maybe even, I'm a big advocate for the smaller and mid-sized credit unions. And I will be not to say that there isn't a place for everyone. I think there is, but I know our board fortunately has taken the position that we don't need to grow just for the sake of growth and that they are comfortable with where we're at. You know, we're $85 million, which isn't small by any means, but when you've got players in your local market who are a couple billion dollars, there could be the pressure to say, well, what role do we actually serve You know, as a small institution? But I do think that whether you're in a, a rural area or the bigger city, I do think all credit unions of all sizes have some relevance to their membership. And so I hope that there is a push for those smaller and mid-sized credit unions to continue to operate independently and with that comes succession planning and, and finding the next generation. I've been heavily involved with the Young Professionals Network here in the state of Wisconsin. And I know that there is a number of individuals within that group who are well qualified to run credit unions. And I just hope that those individuals get the opportunity to do so and are matched up with the institutions who are seeing their longtime CEO retire or whatever the case is and that they don't immediately go well, I guess it's time to merge just for the sake because we don't have anyone to run it. There are people out there who are able to do that. So I would say those are probably the three trends, so to speak, that you know I'm kind of like, oh, we'll see how this goes. Is there anything out there that makes you excited for upcoming years or gives you kind of that itch to try something new and a little different? I think in the general sense of where we're at as a society, after the last year and a half, I think people are ready to just get out there and do more things. So, I mean, part of me is like, I'm excited just to go do conferences again and to be able to network with individuals and be able to actually talk over a beer and do the fun stuff that we used to do. I'm really excited for those opportunities. Within the industry itself, 
I just think there's still such a need and a role and a niche for credit unions to serve just in general, just the needs that we can still fulfill. And as what's happening with the larger banks and whatnot, not always good. I mean, there's still the opportunity. And and I think just having that opportunity on a day-to-day basis continues to drive my motivation to continue for our credit union to do better. I mean, again, going back to the discussion about succession planning, sometimes it's easier maybe to say, well, I'm just going to throw in the towel because it doesn't seem like we're making any difference. But there's always someone who we can help. And I think as we've seen in, in statistics, like the average age of credit union members continue to increase. And while we did a decent job, I would say, you know, early on, maybe even 10, 20, 30 years ago, how are we going to attract that next generation who are now the ones who are set up to be buying their first home or, or buying vehicles or whatever the case is? And so I think, who can we get today that wasn't on our radar yesterday, so to speak? So what kind of plans do you guys have for 2022? Do you have any big projects planned or, or what kind of issues are you planning to tackle? We're primarily focusing on reassessing kind of what our existing product line looks like. So it's not really anything earth shattering that I can report on, but it's really just reassessing the existing relationships we've had. Have these been working for our members? Sound like a broken record, but with the whole technology advancement, there are some vendors out there. For example, we're switching our bill pay service to a new vendor. And it just seemed like they had the offerings that more aligned with where we're at as a society today than our existing vendor did. While that's not earth shattering to someone who maybe works primarily out of their phone or whatnot, maybe that's going to be the differentiator between I'm a member there, but you know, it's not as convenient to do stuff as opposed to nope, you know, they made things really easy for me. And so that's a lot of it is really just kind of the small tweaks in here and there to make sure that everything is aligned to, you know, best serving the member. And then also that means are there things kind of reassessing, are there things that we currently do or offer that no one uses and we need to stop wasting our time on that too. Again, being a smaller shop, we need to make sure that we're efficiently using our time. And so that's the other component of it. And then really, it's just making sure that our staff is well aware of what's going on and continuing to work on our improvement, you know, from a leadership standpoint and just making sure that the staff feel empowered to be able to act and do their job to the best of their ability. So it sounds like a lot of it is making sure you're meeting your members' needs and and what they're kind of expecting. You know, the big thing is not only just looking for the next great product or the next great service to roll out, but it's also to always reassess what we currently have to offer and making sure that we're doing a good job with those products and services and making sure that they align with what the members need. Because at the end of the day, if we continue to chase different things, but the members don't like what we currently are offering, or they don't think that we're experts in, in the current offerings that we have, they may not stick around long enough to actually see what the next great thing is for us to offer. And so we're always reassessing and trying to emphasize a little bit more on educating our staff, making sure that they have the tools to succeed, empowering our employees to be the best advocates for the credit union and for our product line. And so it's not just necessarily a focus on what's out there and what's next, but it's also just kind of reassessing and making sure, okay, do we actually understand what we're doing now? And from a staff standpoint, if you feel like you don't understand the current offerings that we have, and and I come to you and I say, well, here's five more things I need you to learn, but I'm not going to tell you anything about it. As an employee, I'm going to feel overwhelmed and I'm going to not feel like, well, I don't know the 10 things I already supposed to know. So you're giving me a few more things. This isn't helpful either. So I think it's just making sure that checking in with the staff, making sure it seems like small things, but I also know that there are a lot of leaders and managers who don't necessarily focus on that. 
and it's easy to get shuffled and you don't always have people who are willing to step up and say, no, I, like I need help on this. I don't understand this. And with where we're at with the hiring situation, you know, I say this all the time, if we lose three of our employees, not that we would close, but that's going to have a real detrimental effect on us. So we want to make sure that we do everything we can to keep them and in the right way, making sure that they are well equipped to do their jobs to the best of their ability. David, when you think about the future, whether it's six weeks down the road or you know nine months down the road, a year down the road, five years down the road, where do you turn for inspiration? I try to, first and foremost, rely on colleagues. I've been fortunate enough to meet a number of individuals throughout the state here at various conferences and with my involvement with the aforementioned Young Professionals Network through the league. But then also I, I did sit on the league board as a young professional for a couple of years and just have been granted a lot of opportunities that maybe other employees within the industry haven't. So I've built up a pretty wide network of individuals from large credit unions, small credit unions who work in areas that I've worked in before, who manage areas that I've never even heard of before. And so that's first and foremost, because they do a lot of great things. I've got a lot of close friends who are so inspirational to me based on the things that they do for their members and the stories they have to share. So I think just the people that are around me, I think it's first and foremost, you know, I'm not a huge news buff. And especially over the last couple of years, it's been hard to keep your nose in the news, but just kind of um, checking in on trends, you know, from an economy standpoint, from a society standpoint, seeing where things are going and seeing what the next hot thing is, and then doing the research, figuring out, you know, what does that actually mean? And then bringing it back to, okay, so can this and will this help the credit union and our members ultimately? And just like I said before, just the excitement of, okay, well, how can we help that next person today? You know, all those factors, I guess, just kind of play into building inspiration to, you know, building the best organization that we can here. You're relatively new in your position, what you said, first full year doing the solo, right? Yeah. So I, I started as the president here at the credit union for in, in May. So May 1st was my first day. I've been here at the credit union though for, uh, it was 11 years in October. So I've had a experience with the staff and with our membership and how our organization operates. And then within credit unions, I've actually had counted back and I think I've got like 19 years of experience off and on from working, you know, in high school and, and college and whatnot. And so I've got the experience, I would say some days are better than other, of course, but just making that transition to the CEO role, it's definitely been a quick six months, I would say that. It seems like yesterday when I actually just took over the position, but I feel that I have the strong support of our staff. I feel blessed to be in this position, you know, ultimately. But yes, it has been short-lived. And so it does present challenges here and there, you know, with any new venture. So as a CEO, what do you see as your role when it comes to preparing or leading or guiding the credit union into the future? I think that the leader of any organization needs to fully immerse themselves first and foremost. It's hard to get your staff to think about three years down the road if you as a leader aren't willing to go there. So I think that being fully involved with the steps, but then also putting the right people in the right positions to be able to help drive that bus down the right street as well, I think is huge. And then also acknowledging when to be more involved and when to step back and let more of your experts, you know, on your staff actually drive certain programs or ideas or whatnot. And especially as a younger leader, it's definitely challenging to try to balance all of those and to do things the right way. But 
as a leader, you have to humble yourself and you're going to make mistakes. We're all human. And so I think it's also acknowledging when things didn't go the way that you anticipated they are or to you know apologize for certain things that weren't conducted the way they should be. But I think ultimately, yes, it's like if the leader isn't capable or isn't willing to not only think about what needs to be done today, but then also to think about that future, I think it's really hard for an organization to thrive with that forward thinking model. I think that they're always stuck in the here and now. And while that's good in some aspects, I think that's where, like I mentioned before, that's where you get some of these industries who are no longer around because they've got too hyper-focused on the here and now and never thought about the tomorrow or the next months or the next years. Are there any characteristics that you think leaders have to have in order to be that successful leader to guide the organization forward? I would say it's more with the people skills than anything. I mean, there are definitely leaders out there. You know, you could take Steve Jobs with Apple, for example. Obviously, a a brilliant mind and the products that Apple was able to develop during his tenure there were earth shattering and whatnot. But, you know, you've read the stories or heard the stories of the maybe the people skills weren't there. And, And I think, yeah, you can maybe get to where you want to go by focusing primarily on just the steps needed to get there or the planning of it all. But I think it's a lot sweeter and it's a lot more rewarding if you have other people that come along on the journey with you as opposed to just getting there by yourself. And so I think anything when it comes to caring about people, compassion, empathy, I think if you've got those skills, and I tell this to a lot of people who you know are maybe uncertain about whether they're fit for leading an organization or even just getting into management or whatever the case is. If you've got those types of skills, anyone can teach you the what's of how to do things. If you're not a financial person, like I went to school for accounting, so I have an understanding of how balance sheet works and income statement works. And you need to know how that operates. But I can kind of teach you that or what you need to focus on. But if you're you know, a compassionate person and you care about your employees, you can't teach that to everyone. That's something that's either you kind of have it or you don't, and you can develop it, but you know it's a lot harder that way. So I think those are the skills that I look for when I'm hiring someone. If you're, you know, like I said, if you're the most knowledgeable person, but you have the personality of a door, then that's not necessarily going to work because we are in an industry where we're working with with members and they don't always have the most ideal circumstances. So, you know, that compassion, that empathy for them it goes a long way. And then 2022, you excited, nervous? Well, first and foremost, I'm like, how the heck did we even get here? I just feel like it was summer for us up in the Midwest. But ultimately, I know it's easy to focus on, well, it's the changing of a year. So it's this huge change, if you will, or milestone or or whatnot. For me, I, I look at it as it's just a continuation of the things that we've started to do over the last six months since I've been in the president's role. So ultimately, it's excited because I, I'm excited to see what opportunities we have as an organization, as a credit union, and, and where we can improve ourselves. And I know that there's never going to be a day where I can sit back and say, we've done everything we can do. Now I get to just sit back and relax. But that's a good thing. I don't want to be in that situation where we're complacent and that there's, quote unquote, nothing to do. I find the excitement and the opportunity to, okay, well, what can we tweak next that will make us better at our craft and and better at our jobs. And so I think overall, it's just excitement, but it's not just because it's 2022. I I just think it's because it's a new day. That's how I look at it is what can I do today better that I didn't do well yesterday. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. 
subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. 